3: TheChairShot.com Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you
1: dare. Hey, yo!
3: Ain't nobody really in Gorilla. Ain't nobody really in Gorilla. I say, ain't nobody really in Gorilla. Ain't nobody really in Gorilla. Gorilla t- Normally we start the show by giving all deference to the Tongans, but today—and we still give them deference—but today this show for the Elite Defense Squad. This one's for y'all. Welcome to the Outsiders Edge. It's your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash. I am with my brother Kyle Morris of the my my. What are you? Are you are you him? I'm the coder of the year, Kenny. We get so confused with the names. <laughs> yes, um, Kyle is. Um, Carl is still on vacation. But what's up, brother? How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing good. You
2: know, before we give the rest of our podcast to the elite, I do want to say Roman Reigns' new final game boss music is real hot
3: fire. So, you know what? Great point. So, um, yes, tonight's show will be dedicated to the elite and the elite defense squad. However, anything on your mind, non-AW, non-elite that just you want to mention besides Roman Ra- Roman Reigns' Final Roman boss music has which is dope.
2: really fire theme music right now, and I'm really happy to see the full circle completion of the character change. Okay. Um, and, you know, other than that, you know, fuck Ring of Honor. Damn. Um. If I were Impact, I would be pissed at the Elite. We can start there if we want to get right into it. Oh,
3: because Nakazawa's carrying the world title?
2: Yeah, like, that's just, it's just rude. Like, This is not even getting into what are they getting out of the partnership or whatever because they got a great buy rate on that pay-per-view for them. They got a great buy rate for them. Oh,
3: It was was a good. I think it was good for any wrestling company that's not WWE. It was a good buy rate.
2: Yeah. They got a great buy rate on that pay-per-view, which means they got more eyes on that product than they ever get on that product. So, you know, Mm -hmm. clearly they're getting something Mm -hmm. in terms of a monetary gain out of the partnership. So, like, Mm -hmm. fine. But, like, That's your world fucking title. You could at least just, like, put it over your shoulder or, like, you know, carry it around your neck. I don't know. like Or just don't carry it at all. I would rather you not carry the belt than give it to not your manager, but some lackey.
3: So, you know, I... It's funny you mentioned that, because I've been trying to reconcile that in my brain, too. And I think it's genius from a storyline standpoint. But I think it's pretty shitty from a real-life standpoint. Because, A, that, that storyline doesn't work John for Impact. John is right there. Yeah.
2: John Callas is right there. He's, like, one of the big head people with Impact. It would make but, perfect sense for him as Kenny's manager and mouthpiece, mm-hmm, who carry is that also one of the big wigs of Impact... To carry the belt and to carry it prominently and like accentuate like, yeah, the AEW and Impact Wrestling World Champion, Kenny Omega.
3: Well, no, you're right. But don't you think AAA got the bigger qualms? Because they don't even mention he's a mega champion.
2: I think AAA has a right to be even angrier in that sense. Um, But I also don't know. I don't know necessarily if that might not even be at Triple A's request.
3: Okay, that's fair. That may be the case. They had a Triple A championship match on their TV uh, a year ago, I think. It was with him and Phoenix. Um, and we know at Triple Mania it's going to be him versus Andrade. So I, the belt collector gimmick is getting over for him. So I don't think he'll lose the belt, the championship. I'm sorry. Sorry, Vince. But. Uh, I think the might move might be Andrade getting the championship if Andrade wants to work Triple A consistently. But it's interesting because historically Andrade is a CMLL guy.
2: Yeah,
3: that is so. That's like, interesting. Ooh, that's real interesting. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to see how that plays out. But hey, live your best life, Andrade. Other than the Del Rio match, which because y'all homies, whatever, the 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 world is his oyster. So. Um, you, you ready to give this work?
2: Yeah, I'm ready Um, So I'll lead you in and I'll let you spit that fire So okay. um, ladies and gentlemen Long time listeners of The Outsider's Edge Will know that we have a semi-recurring skit On the show called Spit Your Fire mm-hmm. And uh, we bring out Spit Your Fire Anytime somebody's got just some white hot rage At the wrestling world That they just need to get out there and put it off their chest. And, mm-hmm. you know, this week, Brother Rance hit me up after Blood and Guts last night, which we both watched. And he was just like, man, I got some fire to spit. And so, ladies and gentlemen, my good brother Ray Cash, spit your fire.
3: Oh, man. Have you ever had a whole Spit Your Fire episode before? Because I feel like this might be the case. Um, so, let's say this. I don't watch AEW regularly anymore. I don't. I just don't enjoy most of the product. And honestly, that largely comes down to just a few people, and that's not fair, but it is what it is. The Young Bucks, the whole elite storyline, that does nothing for me. And, and that's the, a good portion of the show.
2: Exactly. if the people that turn you off. It's kind of like that time period when I wasn't watching Raw. Yep, And it's like, Kyle, why aren't you watching Raw? Well, the people that do nothing for me that I'm not interested in are three quarters the of the show yeah so i'm just not gonna watch that show
3: and that's how i feel about aw although i i they get my viewership because i dvr every week i do watch all the clips i pay attention to everything that happens so i'm in tune with the product but i went out of my way to watch blood and guts last night um i know this comes out on a friday but we're recording this thursday night went out of my way now granted I missed the first half of the show because I fell asleep, but I woke up right as Kenny had his promo. We're going to get to all that, but I want to fix, particularly just focus right now on the Blood and Guts match. We can get to all the rest of this because the whole show was a piece of shit to- in, my, in totality, in my opinion. Blood and Guts. And again, get, let's start with the positive first. Y'all popped a great rating. Y'all were number one in um, in all viewership and your demo on cable. Fantastic, and
2: and and you succeeded in one aspect early on. The cage definitely gave off nostalgia vibes. Absolutely, so I want to give off
3: huge nostalgia pop. We're big about positives and negatives, and giving credit where credit is due, even if I don't want to. You get credit for that. Fantastic, a million viewers, the highest demo you've ever had. Um, well, not the highest, the second highest, uh, because the highest was the first. And it felt
2: like to me like they brought out the good cameras, like. Like no, they, the cameras. They left...
3: we, baby oh, the cameras, we'll get not the camera
2: We'll get to that part later, but I'm just talking about the quality of the camera. It felt like they brought out the good cameras.
3: Well, Tony Khan is an NFL owner. They better have the good cameras. They got the 8K. They can do that. Ain't no football right now.
2: Shit, I am here for 8K being the go-to for entrances indefinitely.
3: Oh, my God. Well, I mean, unfortunately, at Davey's Place, that's like, what, five feet?
2: I know, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I do just, know, yes. It's general. Yes.
3: It's a great shot. So, Blood and Guts. Let's talk about the match in general, first and foremost. I think there's one... So, one thing that sat with me before the show that didn't sit well with me was Jericho said on one of his various streams of consciousness that this was not the end of the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle feud. This was just the beginning. And initially, my thought was, well, why in the fuck, that's T-H-E-E, the fuck are you doing this match then? Because last I checked, the whole reason you brought back the War game structure was because you wanted to do it right. Well, last I checked, War Games wasn't a, oh, well we don't like each other, let's have our first fight in the fucking cages. It was a feud That's what I thought. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, forget that. Come out. They have the match. The match is done. This is a, it's, it's actually an enjoyable match for 90% of it. But... Blading like crazy, spot calling like crazy. You, the camera is showing people literally taking the blades out of their wristbands and handing it to the other person. So that's that's number one. That's just a, a, a crazy in its own right. I'm
2: a, I'm on record as being at a point in my fandom where copious amounts of blood, like actively, take me out of it.
3: Yeah, but we that was expected for this match because the yes. name of the show yes. is blood yes. and guts.
2: Yes, no. And they no,
3: wanted no. to go as old school not, as they could. So I I expected them. this one. No,
2: I'm not mad at them for doing blade jobs. I'm saying I was always gonna be like, eh. Okay. On the match because like I knew it was gonna be a bloodbath and I'm yeah. not really into bloodbaths anymore. Okay. It was a well done bloodbath. It was okay. You know, I, I agree with a lot of your criticisms, um, but I mean, you know, spot calling remains a common problem in a lot of matches in AEW and a lot of other companies, and in WWE, in certain matches, spot Never calling so. is a huge, huge issue. So, um, so, so like, you know, spot calling is, I think, part of the problem. Legitimately, I think two things are making the spot calling problem worse right now. One, the lack of full-sized crowds and arenas, making it, like, impossible it's yeah. to mute the sound. And then two, microphones are so much better now. Facts. That's all microphones true. Microphones yeah. are so much better now. Which it I think the solution is you've got to get back to a point within the medium where people have chemistry and can go more intuitively.
3: Okay. Yeah, and we can get to that later, but I want to finish giving the whole synopsis about this, because that's actually a whole topic for another show. That's a great topic about how this generation doesn't know how to honestly work. You can do spots, you can hit moves, you can have good matches, but you're not working. So so we can talk about that another day. But the blood and guts. So I've mentioned the blading. I've mentioned the spot calling. Then there's the the timing issues with the commercials. It's on live TV. There are going to be commercials. I get that. I have no problem with that. But the commercials are missing major spots. Like, people are entering in the match doing commercials. They you broke out of the...
2: Signal to the wrestlers that the commercial break is happening. You've got to find a way to pace your match to where all that's happening during the break is the stall shit.
3: Yeah. So, they, there were interests during the commercials. They were breaking out of... The, they broke out of the cage during the commercial. Major moments happened during commercials. So it's one thing for the commercials to ruin the flow of the match. That's that's natural. You can't help that on a, a long match on TV. But you don't miss the major stuff. Then, again, last I checked, the reason you had blood and guts and the reason why you were so adamant about doing it, in your words, I'm talking to A.W. Cody, I'm talking to Tony, I'm talking to the whole company, in your words, doing it right, quote-unquote, was because NXT's war games doesn't have a roof. So y'all wanted to go back. And NXT's war games can be won by pinfall. Old school war games was roof on the cage, only submit, submission or surrender. So y'all stuck with those and they wars.
2: And they promoted that all night long. Quit or submit. Quit or submit. All night long they kept saying that's the only way to win blood and guts is quit or submit.
3: And historically... I believe somebody, if I'm wrong, correct me on Twitter, but if you escape the cage, you are disqualified because the whole point is to be in the cage and fight. And so with Tully opening the door and then getting out, which lets them go into the roof of the cage is against the entire integrity of the match. Last I checked. So maybe I missed that. Maybe that's something I'm missing. But let's get to the spot of all spots. MJF is at the top of the cage with Jericho. He's threatening to throw him off. And, of course, I mean, this harkens back to when... Um, who was it that uh, quit for when um, Henning was going to hit Flair in the head with the cage? Oh, you can't be asking me old-school Jim Crockett questions. Well, that was like 97, 98. It was either, it was either Benoit or... Mon- it was Mungo. Mungo quit because he didn't want him to hit it the head of his cage. And he did it anyway. Heel's gonna heal, bro. So, like, I got no qualms with that. That It was lackluster. The inner circle should know that heels are gonna heal because the inner circle are heels. Not anymore. They haven't been heels for, like, three months. But they were for a long time, yes. Um, I, I have no qualms with that finish, although it came off lackluster. But the toss heard around the world. Now, the rhetoric about that spot is some of the most idiotic, dumb, maddening rhetoric I've ever seen in my life concerning this business. It, I, it, 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 I almost threw my phone against the wall. Say more. Jericho was thrown off the cage. And if you know at the entrance of Daily's Place, where the two impact zone uh because they're that' from impact, the two pods come out in the middle. they got the middle part that in this little platform, basically cody 's platform that he comes out of behind the cage mm-hmm. and it says a w on it well all night that was mentioned that that was concrete or steel or something of the sort, so when Jericho got thrown off through the cage through the through the platform, it was supposed to give the preponderance of. MJF damn near killed Jericho. 15, 20 feet off the cage, through steel or concrete. Cool. The camera angle they showed, and mind you, this is not just one camera angle. This is a repeated camera angle multiple times. The, the, it was like cardboard that wasn't even an inch thick and then a crash pad, clear as day. Now, nobody in their right mind Wants Jericho to take a Foley bump. Nobody wanted Foley to take a Foley bump. Nope. Nobody's nobody's saying Jericho needed to fall through concrete or through steel or take a, a hard bump mad. in the workplace.
2: Nobody is mad about the
3: crash pad. Nope. nope. Exactly. I'm, we're happy that they're they're taking they're taking um, precautions with their wrestlers. The problem is that this is a reoccurring trend. One. That you have big matches that have lackluster endings. This is multiple times now. Secondly, the, especially in the biggest spots of those matches. Secondly, your production hurt the match because we're supposed to think that just much, just like with say, um, with the just like during the, the pay per view wire.
2: where, you, just like during the pay per view when they had the ladder match and you could see Cody standing at Gorilla and Arn standing at Gorilla, yep. like watching from the tunnel and you could actively see them standing there just waiting for his run-in spot. They they stay choosing the shittiest camera angles. And it's so inexcusable because you've been at Daly's place exclusively for months. This is your facility. You should know it backwards and forwards. You should know where every camera is. Why do you stay picking the shittiest camera angles? Are you not telling your people which camera to work for?
3: Uh, the question is, do they know? But just like the exploding death match they had, the issue is there's such a disconnect between production and the commentators because the commentators are selling it like somebody is legitimate, di- legitimately dying, and then with your eyes you're seeing, oh no, this is con- this is a literal cardboard. And so the rhetoric from this particular spot was people who were dis- who were dis, dis- enamored with the spot and complaining about the spot, not that he didn't die, but that we could see very clearly the work of the work. And all of the AEW elite defense squad, because y'all call us Fed Defense Squad, y'all can kiss my ass and suck my fucking dick, you bitches. All the elite defense squad people were talking about, well, you know what? What you want? You wanted Jericho to, to fall on concrete? Did you want Jericho to die? No, you dumb motherfucker. We wanted, to, we wanted to see the spot done correctly. Then they had the nerve to bring up the Matt Hardy spot, like people were mad at the spot. We weren't mad at the spot. The spot was stupid, but stupid spots happen every day. What we were mad at was that they let the match go when the guy was out for a minute and a half. And the referee came to check on him. The doctor came to check on him. Tony came to check on him in the shot. And they let him finish the match. That was the problem. But you want to invoke that like you're sitting here making some straw man argument so that the people, so that your beautiful, pristine company can't ever be can never be attacked or never be criticized. You make it impossible to care about this piece of shit company at this point. Because y'all are hurting it. And in the same breath, in the same breath, the company's hurting itself. With all the dumb shit they're doing, the entire blood and guts match should have been the linchpin. The point in AEW's history where you can say they are taking off to the next stratosphere. What are we talking about the next day? All of the dumb things that happen on the show. Why would you have the Jericho spot on the same night after you went out of your out of your way to have this long interview with busted open about how we now we have production meetings before so we don't have the same spots in certain spots in certain in certain cards because we're not talking to each other in the same show when the whole match is built around this the whole card has been around this match, the entire card, and essentially the entire card is built around this spot. And an hour and a half earlier, you do the same spot with Darby Allen down the stairs? And he took a real bump? But I'm supposed to be scared and feel bad for Jericho? And MJF's supposed to have heat now? MJF threw him on some pillows! What are we doing? And we're not even gonna get to the point where we talk about the fact that y'all lied to the fans because y'all made the fans watch a whole recorded hour live on the big screen, and you want to go by, well, we told y'all it was a one-match show. What? And then offer refunds to to make good on it? No, don't offer refunds. Don't lie to us. Well, and to go back to the spot in question,
2: I saw a great replay of the spot from the high-angle cam, looking at it from the side, that just made it look like a great sick bum. Why is that not the fucking camera? Because angle? it's
3: not. It's not the cameraman's fault. Cameraman's. All the cameraman is taught to do is to record the action. It. Their producer no, needs to be no, fired.
2: No, no, I'm not mad at the cameraman. I'm saying. Yeah, I their saw producer a great needs to be fired. Replay yeah. of a different camera
3: angle. People so that bitch they about. Would look beautiful. People and bitch about. People bitch about Kevin Dunn all day long, every day, every day, every night. And People there's bitch a about lot Kevin Dunn.
2: to bitch about for Kevin Dunn. Like I've done it. There's a lot to say.
3: But ultimately, Kevin Dunn may be one of the best in wrestling history at his job because he doesn't miss spots. The few times he misses That's spots, you can you spots. can say, you can say definitively, oh wow, he missed that. Ultimately. He gets it right most 95% of the time. cuts
2: the camera too much, but
3: he does does shoot beautiful things. But the cut in the camera is the company, that's the company policy. And it's annoying, but that's what they're trying to do. It's not like they're doing that on purpose, uh, accidentally. No, I know they're doing it on
2: purpose. I know they're doing it on purpose. It's sometimes nauseating.
3: No, I get you. I'm just saying he's not messing up. He's doing exactly, he's doing his job correctly. AW's producer needs to be fired because he is ruining their product. You just we just mentioned three times in this in, in this show just now, three times. Cody in the ladder match sitting there for 15 minutes. Well that during,
2: wasn't that wasn't oh oh you meant three times in our show tonight. I thought Yes. You, I'm sorry.
3: Yes, and on this on this podcast three times we found fi- we've mentioned three specific separate within the last space- couple of months. Right, and they're spaced out by time. It's not like week after week after week. There's a month or so in between these spots. So you've had time to go back and say, hey, man, I messed that one up. Get it right next time. What? So, but you're not. What is the and, problem? And again, again, they have been
2: in Daly's place for like, it's May of
3: 2021. They've been in Daly's place for almost a fucking year. Consistently, yeah, but they've been in Dale's place from since the very beginning because they've all, every time they go to Jacksonville. Well,
2: yeah, I'm just saying they've been filming consistently, yeah, yeah, at yeah. Daly's place for Over all a year. year. Yep. So, like, yep.
3: how do you not know
2: every single angle of your facility, the way that you set it up for the show?
3: Because they don't care. That's the answer. They don't care. And they don't care because their fan base tells them that they shouldn't, they shouldn't, they don't have to care.
2: Because their fan their fan base
3: accepts anything that they do.
2: Because their fan base reflects the behavior of them. They are thin skinned and incapable of accepting or acknowledging any kind of criticism. Their fans reflect everything about that. Their fans are also incredibly thin skinned and defensive and incapable of accepting and acknowledging. Any kind of fucking criticism.
3: You know, somebody said, I was reading all this bullshit last night and this morning, and somebody was trying to defend AEW in the spot. And they went out their way to say, well, every, every WWE spot similar to this, you can see the pad, and listed off all these different spots. One of the spots was when Cactus Jack Mick Foley fell through the cage against Triple H and held in a cell through the mat. It was like, well, you can see the pad then? Yeah, because we know the mat is padded. This is facts. That, that if you know anything about wrestling, you know the mat is literally four by fours or whatever, whatever the fucking uh, plywood, size of them is. Plywood boards with but, pads on top. With literally padding on top and then a mat. So like that's not we know that. He he brought up the Rikishi spot. I have when, uh, don't, when uh, I'm taking him off the hell in the cell until the back of the truck. I have yet to see the crash pad under the hay. I've never seen it, and I've watched that spot a million times. Show them to me. Please, if I'm wrong, someone show me the spot where you can see any preponderance of a crash pad under all the hay. You can't. So you're talking about these spots, you can see them. What? It, but it's
2: that, no. because no. Because that's, again, not arguing. in That's arguing from a place of defensive reactionary like bullshit. It's a how dare you criticize my favorite thing that I love so much and think is so wonderful and I just enjoyed that so thoroughly. How do you not see how wonderful it is? Oh, you must be just a hater. Well, let me list all of these different ways that your thing that you sometimes like is also shitty.
3: Ugh. Mm. What aboutism is so it's it's just it's 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 disgusting at this point. And the thing that kills me is just because I am criticizing AEW doesn't mean I am A, an AEW hater, B a WWE super fan, or C both or either. People don't criticize AEW, not everybody, some people do, and there's always exceptions to every rule. But by and large, people don't criticize something stupid that happens in AEW under the good name and flying the banner of the McMahons and Titan Industries. And
2: and also, I say this to my students all the time, and I mean this genuinely. I wouldn't criticize something I didn't care about because that's a waste of my energy. I have limited time and energy to put into anything. Because I'm an adult human living in a shitty capitalist society in a a dystopian failed state. Um, So like I have limited time and energy to devote to things. I'm not going to waste that time and energy criticizing something that I just don't care about. The fact that I'm putting the time in to even bother to get worked up enough to be like, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Why is this like this? Mm-hmm. Is because I do care about it. I want it to be good. I want it to succeed. I think more wrestling is a good thing. Because I would like to go back to a time where people don't laugh when you say you're a wrestling fan. would be nice. So, like... I just really I hate the like the arrogant put downism of the like el- elite fans of just like oh well if you criticize this you just you just don't know what good wrestling is mm-hmm. bitch I'm not telling you how to have your fun don't you ever tell me how to have my fun That's number one But number two Like I'm only bringing it up because I know It can be better than what it is Because what it is Is incredibly inconsistent I had a friend who I had a friend who watched the show And their response to me When they saw AEW Was this looks cheap Hmm Hmm Interesting Exact words. This
3: looks cheap. Did they did they happen to watch Blood and Guts, or was this just another show?
2: This was from uh, Dynamite a couple of weeks prior, and this is a friend who lives in Jacksonville. And
3: oh, that's right, you could didn't talk about
2: go that. to Daly's place um, and know. Tell, tell,
3: tell them tell the story. Tell them the story as you tell me. Well,
2: I, I, my friend called me to talk about something completely different, and I brought up the wrestling and aew because i knew he lived in jacksonville because i wanted to ask him if they advertised for the shows like that was literally all i had wanted to ask him and he had mentioned that he had like watched an episode of dynamite and his exact words i still have the notes were this looks low budget um it looks like a knockoff. He said it had nothing to do with the performers themselves. He said it just looked so... Yeah, low budget and cheap were his exact words. And I was just like, yeah, production values need some work. Considering they're owned, by, they're owned and backed by a blood money oil baron, I expect better production quality.
3: I've, I've I've tried to give them a pass for the past year and a half because there's only so much you can do in an amphitheater. I'm hoping once they get back on the road, production value will get better. But I don't believe it anymore because your production in general, your production team, is garbage. So like, yeah, you can make the set look better and different. Yeah, you can make the stage look better and different. You you, you could do all. You could change the hard cam place. You can do all these different things. But ultimately, if your production team can't get the damn spots right. Even, we can even talk about the fact, remember when uh, the un- the unnamed, it may be Alan Angel at this point, they may have got fired, I don't know, but the unnamed Dark Order minion, when he was punching the guy and he was literally just punching in the air, but because the camera showed the wrong angle, we could see it instead of it looking like he was punching the guy. It's happened how many times? Now, again, it's wrestling, this happens. But we see this and it's talked about and noticed on AEW so often when it's not on any other show. And the camera way too often catches these moments,
2: especially in the tag matches. I've talked about it before. The camera catches them spot waiting. Yeah. Not even spot calling, spot waiting.
3: Yep. Yeah. Well, what, was, what was the spot where Nick Jackson literally held up the guy so he can get jumped on?
2: Well, there was that one, but there's also just so many of these moments in a lot of these tag matches where, like, the camera is actively showing the guy taking a powder on the, co- on the outside yeah. or where the camera is actively showing the guys like just standing there waiting to hold. And I laugh that they wait to hold because then they don't catch
1: they wait <laughs> That's to hold the funny part.
2: and then they don't catch. And I'm just like, why are you not fucking catching? You're going to hurt somebody.
1: You know, so something I just
3: thought about that I want to bring up, because I want to keep going in on this more, but I I feel it's important to bring up at this point in the show, is I wonder, I don't wonder, I know, but I wonder for the people who have some sense in their mind, do people think that me personally, I can't speak for the show or for you, but me personally, do you think that I take joy and coming on the show and trashing something or coming on the show and being upset with something I saw with AEW because I don't I can for for all of the issues I have with AEW, I support them. I buy every pay-per-view. I DVR every episode. We talk about them on all our shows. I have favorite wrestlers on that pro on that program and in, in that in that uh promotion. I care about that promotion. Is it my favorite? No. Everybody knows I'm NXT Mark. But I care about that promotion. So I don't come on the show just to be like, "Ha ha ha, I told you so." No. Come on the show because like you said earlier Kyle, I care and clearly what's happening is hurting the product. We now we can talk all day long about well, I don't like this the direction this character is going in or I don't like this booking decision. That's fine. That's something that none of us have any say in whatsoever. What people well and for all we know, how many times we didn't say that this was a stupid decision if Vincent would right. Or how many times we've said this was a stupid decision and Tony's been right. Or Ted Turner and, and WCW's been right. Or Heyman and ECW's been right. Or Sinclair and Ring of Honor's been right. Or the Cockroach Promotions have been right. Or New Japan have been right. Oftentimes we will see something that we want. They give us something different. They, they give, We give them time to show us why they did it. And it makes sense. That's all subjective. One thing that is tangible as fuck is if I show the camera here. And I show something that's not be that shouldn't be shown on that camera. When I can show that camera angle over there, and it's what I need to be seen. That's tangible. That's something that anybody with the, anybody who with eyes can see. And that is what we are criticizing. There's a yeah. massive difference between saying, "Oh man," but I don't like what Alexa's doing with the stupid Lily doll. That's booking. That ain't got nothing to do with nobody or nothing.
2: And I'm glad you brought up. You know, I'm glad you brought up WCW one of the problems WCW had was insulting the viewer in the way that, like you were just talking about, with the commentators are putting over the story that the match is supposed to tell because they're going by what they're told to get over. But then what you're showing me is not, What I'm hearing. And that's insulting my intelligence as a viewer. That's not good. And for people who are saying. Well what about the rest of the show. They put on a great show. Even if that's your opinion. What was the last match on the card. What was the match that took over an hour. And what was the final. Culminating spot. To Put the show over and go home. Yeah, that's what we're fucking talking about. Because that's what they wanted us to be talking about. We're just not talking about it in the way that they wanted us to be talking about it. What they wanted us to be talking about and what we probably would be talking about if they had better production value and had shot this the right way were some of those badass camera shots of MJF bloodied and battered at the end of... The Blood and Guts match, standing atop the cage, triumphant at Daly's place. Like, that's what we should have been talking about. Oh, yeah, Blood and Guts, it was really violent. It was great. They had that moment, and then they gave up. And, yeah, that was kind of shit. But then Heel's going to heal, and they pushed his ass off the cage. Yep. And it was great. They had that high camera angle. It made it look so badass. But instead, nope. Nope, yeah, they pushed him off the cage and he fell into the he fell into the obviously gimmicked pad in a obvious way that totally destroys your suspension of disbelief while well, the commentators screamed at me about how he went right through the concrete I didn't know that concrete had plywood in it.
3: That wouldn't even plywood, homie. That was, like, corkboard. Particle board. Oh, okay. Exhale, Um, I don't even really give a shit about going about the rest of the show. You talked about the Kenny spot, which I think was important to talk about because when you're ch- cold, holding two other promotion championships and you don't even care enough about them to carry them, that's worth the conversation. We had that conversation. Um... Something I haven't talked about yet that I want to mention real quick is why would you separate Scorpio Sky from SCU? Just Only to put to him put back him in the a tag f- team. Page. And like, I, don't get me wrong, I get it. Scorp can't turn heel with SCU in their ultimate baby phrases. I get you. I get it. But the whole point of Scorpio turning heel was he won the brass ring, was probably pushed as their next singles guy, and I understand y'all want to be the land of the factions. Y'all want to be New Japan Light, even though New Japan has five. and Y'all got 77. I'm being facetious. And I get it. He needed someone to have his back. But you took your hottest new star that you hired in Ethan Page. And you took your hottest homegrown star and only... Well, I'm sorry. No, no disrespect to Max Caster, because he just started doing singles. But your only homegrown... original, Not homegrown, but original star of color, that you finally started pushing as a singles guy and you said, nah, son, we're going to put y'all as a tag team. We're not going to give y'all tag team matches and we're not going to put y'all in a tag team feud, but we are got to put y'all together. And then you have gone going to Darby, which Darby and Ethan got six, seven years worth of beef going back to Evolve, which will work. But then... Yeah, you Ethan got a, title a match-
2: great, got a great uh, like slide in there to their match history talking about, yeah, but I don't want to talk about a bunch of matches that nobody fucking saw.
3: Yeah, and that's facts, because nobody watched you off. But then, you don't even let that be the culmination because you keep giving Darby these random TV title matches with people who he has nothing to do with. Jungle Boy, Preston, now Miro. Now, if Miro don't beat Darby next week, how bad does Miro look after this man got thrown down a flight of stairs?
2: Well, and then after he gave this big-ass fucking promo about how, like, what happens when the man who refuses to die meets the man who's not afraid to kill.
3: And by the way, by the way, that last line was good. But the rest of the promo was terrible because you could tell he was trying to figure it out as he was going. And that's the reason why people script promos. Because um, Miro got the point across, but the promo was not good because he was... And again, th- th- I don't, I don't want to criticize him too much because a lot of it is literally you could tell was the was the language barrier. I know he speaks fluent English, but you could tell there was that was that's why he was stumbling over some of his words, syntax and whatnot. But that's why you script promos and you give them bullet points. You could have said, "This is your ending. Here's your bullet points of your promos. We're gonna give you this much, and then you you, you come up with some hot lines. You throw them in there because everything he said didn't make sense." It was bad. It wasn't good. But because he was sure this and he was flexing and he said a great ending line. Oh well, Miro's great. We should have non scripted promos the whole time. No, it didn't work for me. Maybe it worked for y'all, but also y'all the same people that's trying to defend Jericho getting thrown getting thrown off a trampoline. So, I that show that show really hurt the goodwill I had with the promotion. And I'm gonna watch. I'm definitely gonna watch. I want to see Mas and Nagata next week. I'm excited about that. I'm I gonna mean, buy double or nothing because that's what we do.
2: I mean, I told you before we even started. My number one criticism of Blood and Guts Night from the jump: not enough Hangman Page.
3: Oh, well, you know, that's our <laughs> not favorite not guy over there.
2: Page. And, and, and and there was if you're not gonna give me Hangman Page, you better show me some Hook. No Hook no Hangman, no Ricky Starks. <laughs> I'm out, dog. I'm
3: out. And, and the uh, the unmitigated gall and audacity. Like, you built you booked him, first and foremost, and I, we're gonna, I'm kind of alluding to our next topic, but give me a second here. You you all of a sudden advertised Kenny Omega's next challenger to be announced on Blood and Guts. You announced that in the middle of the week. So clearly, you're trying to hit the Daniel Bryan news. Okay, cool. I ain't mad at that. You're trying you're trying to play off the fact that we know now Daniel Bryan is not is technically a free agent. He may have signed, re-signed, I don't know. But at the moment, at the moment, you're trying to play off that. Well, maybe it's Daniel Bryan, double or nothing. I get it. That's cool. I ain't mad at that, bro. That's the type of Carney that works for a promotion. I'm with that. You do that, Shivani brings out Kenny. It announces that it's gonna, the number one contenders match is going to be between Pac and between Orange Cassidy. So now we have a whole match booked next week on a big card because the card is stacked, right? And in, in terms of their promotion, it is stacked on a big card. Number one contenders match, Pac and Orange Cassidy. And Kenny proceeds to go and bury Orange Cassidy. Big up Pac because we know he's scared of Pac. Not, not scared of Pac because he knows he can beat Pac or whatever the case is. And then Orange Cassidy comes out and he runs him down to his face. Does anybody still think Pac is going to win next week? Um, I
2: think Pentagon and Ray Phoenix might still think Pac is going to win next week.
3: Well, that's only because Pentagon don't understand English.
2: Well, I think oh, I thought it was Phoenix that didn't understand English. I think one of them speaks some English, and the Phoenix other one speaks
3: flu. Phoenix speaks fluent English. He's the baby brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew one of them, at beginning. yeah.
2: Yeah, I knew one of them was good and the other one was just like I'm just here.
3: Well that's why Penta all he says is Sierra Mieto and that's why he has skinny Hugo Savinovich for his his uh translator. I don't Alex something. I don't know his name. Not the point. Not the point. Um
2: The point is they're the only ones who still think he's gonna win. But you know, yeah, speaking of Daniel Bryan, um like Do we know what he's going to do? No, we don't fucking know what he's going to do. I'm hoping that, like, you know, after all the shit his body's been through and now he got two kids and a wife who's just kind of like, yeah, I'm good. I'm hoping he's just going to, you know, take it to the house. But, like, if he wants to do other things, do what you want to do, man. You don't owe me nothing.
3: I ain't mad at him if he chose to do that. But let's look at some facts. Daniel Bryan hasn't been involved with WWE since he was 18 years old. He signed his first developmental contract with them when he was like 18, 19 years old. And yeah, he had the big ring of honor run and, run, and he was the king of the indies. But like he's always been a WWE guy and he's always wanted to be a WWE guy. Now, when, <laughs> the reason I brought it up on this show is because a lot of AW's fans and a lot of anti-WWE fans, this is one where we can be general like that, a topic where we can Are clamoring for him to leave because, and this now, this is hilarious. Daniel Bryan has been underutilized by the WWE. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let that just let that sit in your palate for a second. A a five time, he's five or six time world champion. The guy that just main evented the last match of WrestleMania
2: three four weeks ago. Last week. Uh, My
3: what, like what? are we doing
2: what 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 is it my question isn't even what are we doing my question is like
3: what do you want him to be doing i can tell you what they want him to be doing wrestling fans want their favorite wrestler to have a roman reigns brock lesnar-esque um history they want every single wrestler to win every single match every wrestler they like to win every single match and be in every single major storyline and be in every single championship scene win every title and nobody ever loses. Like, think about it. Because that's the only reason why you can say, oh, well, we make stars over here. You made a star because a guy won a match? But a guy that's... But people who have main evented WrestleManias in WWE aren't stars. But Darby Allin is a star because he got a good quarter hour? What? Darby Allen is a star, but Bianca Belair isn't a star. I ain't never seen on, Darby, Darby Allen on the Today Show. I still don't or, understand. On, on Stephen A. Smith Sports Center or the Kelly Clarkson show with girls I, crying, saying that I look you, up to you.
2: So you bring up something really important that I, I would also like to point out. The reason we continue to call aew a vanity project is because the only people that aew is making famous is the elite well, and even at that members. and even at that, at this point, the only person who's getting any kind of mainstream play out of aew is Cody Rhodes. Yep. Cody and Brandy Rhodes are using this platform which they get to be the star of, and oh. using what is left of the road's name cachet to make themselves semi-relevant because Cody became friends with a decent television actor and got a taste of, like, status.
3: Well, real quick, this episode of The Outsider's Edge is sponsored by Hills. Coming on stars, starring Cody Rhodes this September. Oh, yeah, that's right. He does have his own show coming out. Oh, wait. Also, this episode of Outsider's Edge is sponsored by Ms. and Mrs. The Reboot, starring Cody and Brandy, coming out on TNT next year. Oh, yeah, that's right. They got another mainstream reality show. Wait, wait
2: Stephen Amel got him on the stars show?
3: Hey, best friends. Of course he
2: is. Oh, uh, you're right. The thing is, I like Stephen Amell. Don't get me wrong.
3: I got no, beef. I got no beef with it. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm here. I for mean, the Stephen show. Amell's Canadian, so like you know, it's it's really hard to hate a Canadian unless it's it really Tom is. Wilson.
3: It really is. I, I, I'm here for the Steve. I'm here for Stephen Amell as a person and as an actor. I'm here for Hills the show. And I'm here for Cody being on the show. I got no qualms with that. I got no issue with that. But but when you say things like it's a vanity project and it's only getting over certain people now in the wrestling sphere. Some people are getting over, sure. Darby's oh, getting yes. over in a wrestling, wrestling
2: sense. Sphere standpoint, mm-hmm. From a wrestling sphere standpoint, this is easily the second biggest company in North America.
3: 100%.
2: Easily the second or third bigot, biggest mover and shaker in the industry. Yep. And they, may
3: have, they may have overtaken New Japan with their yes, slide over the past year.
2: Yes. Yes. Especially in North America. They may mm-hmm. have just complete they may have overtaken new japan they're one of the only companies that can guarantee you a decent livable wage
3: that's a good point yes working specifically for their company yes
2: yeah like so you know they they have a lot of things going for them from that standpoint and from a standpoint of like within wrestling working for them is a huge fucking deal at yeah. this point in north american wrestling the only thing bigger than working for them is either working the G One or working for WWE. That's it. Yep. Like That's not it. Japan generally, the G One
3: specifically. Yeah. Well, um, G One or Wrestle or Wrestle Kingdom or Wrestle you Kingdom. Get on Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Like
2: yeah, if you're in the G One or at Wrestle Kingdom, or you're working for WWE. Other than that, working for AEW within wrestling is as big a deal as it gets right now. So like. From that standpoint, it is getting wrestlers over. But if we're just talking about from like a who's becoming more, more of a air quote star because of this company, Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes.
3: But it trips me out because wrestling fans. Now I am doing that thing where I'm comparing both companies here. Wrestling fans will claim that people like Braun Strowman aren't a star, or people like The Fiend isn't a star, or Alexa Bliss isn't a star. Alexa Bliss had a, had a major rock band produce a song named after her, for her. Is that a star? So this, but, but then Buster they'll say in the same... The say,
2: Disney Plus show. She has an action figure for her character from her Disney show.
3: Yes, well it, Peacock, but yeah. Mandalorian is Disney girl. No, you said Sasha. I said Alexa Bliss. Oh, well, I, I'm Sasha's saying. a star, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. The, Sasha's uh, undeniable. Sasha I, Roman and Sasha Roman and Becky are undeniable. Nobody can say anything about those guys. I watch facts. people facts, but I'm just saying, like some of the lower tier guys that have main evented manias or pay per views or like been in mainstream places. I mean, shit. they are stars. But hate say, on
2: as much as people want to hate on them, I got news for a lot of motherfuckers. Mike the Miz Mizanin is a bigger star than most of wrestlers in that roster. In the world. Not any company. In the because world. Absolutely. You ask women and men of a certain age who grew up in MTV generation who Mike the Miz is, and
3: they mm-hmm. will all tell you. Yep. And all the stuff he's done since then, the movies, the TV shows, Miz and Mrs. That man is, that man is a sort of he, Johnny he, Cage eventually.
2: I was going to say, he's about to be Johnny Cage. Like, I'm going to will that shit into existence.
3: It's per it's, it's the perfect spot, it's the perfect place. One more thing I want to mention, and this, this this another thing that set me off, and I was waiting for this week for to talk about this is, um, um, I often read uh, cage side seats on fan quite often just to see what they're talking about. Um, I like reading a, ver- a, a a variety of different wrestling articles from different places. You know, because here at the chair Cherish- shop, we very proud about
2: our- you're a masochist
3: maybe. Here at the chair shop, you know, we're proud of our content but I also I enjoy the genre so much I like to see what other people are talking about. There was one person, I'm not going to disrespect him by saying his name because I don't want to bring any undue hatred to the man or any due criticism to the man. But he, there was a person that wrote an article saying that AEW should now, with the, possible, the possibility of them having to move nights because of Turner's NHL deal, they should just move the show to Mondays and have the new Monday Night Wars. And his and his reasoning was, well, their their ratings are bad anyway. You're already you're already matching their demos. Might as well give it a try and give wrestling fans something to clamor for. Can we stop clamoring for something that happened twenty years ago that was only three four years long? Chess kiss,
2: in terms of. The myopic, like, how, how, the myopathy. How myopic can you get? Like, here's something that I think gets lost in the, like, clamoring for the Monday Night Wars to return and the blah, 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 blah. The Monday Night Wars ended with, Literally every wrestling company that was not WWE either out of business or operating out of high school gymnasiums. That's Uh, terrible for the fucking industry. So like wishing for that sort of a thing to happen again just because you think it's going to force some better creative is not really looking at what the fallout of a lot of that was. And also, like, we glorify the Monday Night Wars because of, like, Stone Cold and the NWO and The Rock and DX, but, like, we overlook the fact that, like, a lot of Nitro and Raw was trash on a week-to-week basis. It's called
3: Crash TV, yes. It's called Crash, yeah, TV. Crash TV. Anything that you can trash. throw on TV will throw it.
2: Yep. Crash TV was trash. For as many great moments as Crash TV might have produced, it was trash. And a lot of that trash was of the variety that wouldn't fly today anyway. You can't have no women doing slop matches in 2021. Your show get canceled so fucking fast.
3: You know, the, the the interesting thing to me about the whole idea of moving it to Monday is this ideology that we're on our own night, speaking of AEW, mm-hmm. AEW's on their own night. Yeah, and, yeah and we're,
2: we're, NXT's on Tuesday. Every show is an exclusively, we are the only show in
3: town on our night. The only wrestling show on that night, and you are doing great numbers, but you're you're. you're you're barely pulling in a million, and I don't say that in a in, in a sense of disrespect, but I mean, the most they've done on their own is 1.1 million. You're yeah. hovering around You're that, pulling
2: right? in, yeah, you're pulling in at this point, if we just look at the sample size of the weeks that they've been so low, do low, um, they're pulling in between 800,000 and a million viewers, which is good numbers. Good numbers.
3: But you all of a sudden think that you moving to Monday Is one, going to make events care And two, you're going to magically find all these new viewers Just because you're on a different night
2: Well, and This is a show that's now been on the air For over a year like Two years Yeah, this is the show that's been on the air for two years now So like, um, this is a time slot And a day that its fan base Is like You know, knows And is committed to Like networks don't generally do that and I said it before and I will say this again in terms of the NHL deal um, here's the thing about the NHL there's games every night of the week every night of the week so just like you're worried about oh what? when are we going to televise NHL games just pick a night NHL on TNT tuesdays boom nhl on tnt thursdays boom whatever just pick a fucking night there will be games and there will be people that will watch those games because even if it's a even if it's like a friday night friday night's a great night to have sports hey friends you want to have a party we'll just throw the hockey game on in the background
3: yeah fair point I it, it but it's the the uh, the bigger the issue to me cuz that's all real but the issue to me is the idea that fans think some kind of way they can take out the evil Vince McMahon and it shows because they've already, they're already under the assumption that they vanquished the evil Hunter McMahon and David and NXT and you know what they they got better they got better views they they won the head to head damn near every time and then they see Move Nights Now, the thing is, people are adamant that they move nights solely because of AEW. And I want to ask them this Do they really think that WWE controls what the entire content of the USA Channel on NBC Universal? Do they think they have the kind of power where they can just call on the women and say, Hey, bro, we're moving? Most. Even as powerful as Vince is, as powerful as WWE may be in their niche sphere,
2: the network determines what goes on, when it goes on, how
3: it goes on. It's it's like this 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 asinine idea that WWE brought NXT uh, to television strictly to counter program AEW. I have no doubt that may have been one of the perks for them doing that. But there were reports, credible reports by TV reporters, not Meltzer, but by TV reporters saying two years before that NXT was coming to TV and they were in talks with with, with channels.
2: At the time that NXT was brought onto the network was right around the time that that Chrisley dude that does all the fucking reality shows was being investigated for tax fraud. That's a great point. And they needed new content. And, yeah, they weren't sure what, how that was going to shake out. And it was just like, well, shit, we're going to need content. Yep. And WWE's got this ready-made show that they already produce and air on their own network. So, like, literally all we would have to do is, like, stream that.
3: And remember, NBC Universal let SmackDown go. And I'm sure that they, they regret that now knowing what it's doing. They let they let, they because when they reup that's that was the big deal about the new but, TV. Go ahead. That was the deal about the big about the big TV deals was that this is the first time that both shows were negotiated separately.
2: My my retort with the like regret that because of the number SmackDown is doing now was gonna be just a butt. Uh, SmackDown could never do what it's doing now. There because no, right, 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 right. and the reason I say that is because NBC Universal was never willing to put Smackdown on NBC. They right. they had Smackdown on Sci-Fi, then they had Smackdown on USA on Tuesday, then back to Thursday, then it was back to Fridays for a little while and it had so many different days and blah 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 blah. Uh, when Fox swooped in with their deal, not only were they offering the right amount of money, but they were like, we're going to put you on the network on the
3: network. Right. And, but you're being literal. I'm just talking about from a content standpoint. And the reason I'm saying that is because NBC NBC Universal straight up said, we don't need the extra content. And now you realize that they ended up needing the extra content because they they needed two more hours of content, like you said, for the Christmas situation. That's what I mean when I'm talking about they just let them go. Um, They also also needed
2: content so badly for their streaming service that they bought out WWE Network, which which I mildly lament because Peacock is not as um, user-friendly. Yes. And I mean, I know Peacock is new. I get that, but like man, that WWE Network was streamlined as a motherfucker.
3: And it, it took a while to get there too, and we got comfortable with it. And now we got to start over again. It's always a problem. But one last thought on NXT: um, remember they were working at a loss for years, and a company comes offering you thirty million dollars a year to put the show on, put your show on TV. Who would turn that down? So it, you know, wrestling fans don't seem to like factual reasons for things because. As a former South Carolinian, Charlemagne the God always says, "Nobody cares about the truth when the lie is more entertaining."
2: That's facts, though. That do be the
3: facts. Yeah. Um. You anything else you want to hit on? Because I know this is fairly short, but I just needed to get this ran, ran off my chest. We didn't put nah. any more format into it. Nah.
2: Um. I don't have anything pressing. That is um, looming. Other than speaking of uh, Dexter Loomis, um, Indy Hartwell with the fucking bad ass springboard off the top rope, looking smooth as a motherfucker.
3: And shout out to Candice, who's the most deserving wrestler in the world for that for finally getting her moment. I'm so happy for Candice in her moment. I
2: love Candice Lerae. I mean, so happy for her. Johnny's matches drive me insane because, like Jesus Christ, you gotta like, I, I if I ever had a wrestling match with Johnny Gargano, I'm bringing a crowbar and a revolver.
3: I'm saying, and like, he'll kick out a he kick out a one and a half.
2: Like so, you know, I'm just saying. But like, Candice is so wonderful. I'm so, and I'm with you. I'm so happy for her. She deserves it. Much success to Candice Gargano. Um... But, yeah, Indy Hartwell was just so fucking smooth with that springboard. And, like, you know, I hate Austin Theory because he's a predator and a pervert. But at the same time, him and Indy Hartwell have made Johnny and Candace so
3: entertaining. Uh, The whole Austin, that whole, the way, and it's working. And Austin Theory will never be redeemed, but he's becoming watchable. I don't groan when I watch them anymore because what they're doing is so enjoyable. And I get, that's probably what Hunter was hoping for, you know? And I'm sure that's what they're hoping for with the whole Matt Riddle, Randy Orton thing. And I hate Matt Riddle, but I cannot lie. Some of those segments are fucking hilarious.
2: I mean, you know, I was team go away, Randy Orton for a really long time. And I finally
3: got off that train. And uh, I finally got a that...
2: narcotic, <laughs> and now they paired it with Matt Riddle. I'm
3: just yeah. like... They put Randy in the worst situation sometimes.
2: They really do. Like,
3: well, I, they do because they know we can get out of it.
2: I guess. I guess. God, that's just, damn, man. Ooh,
3: Raw continues to struggle. Yeah, that is, speaking of Raw. Check out the total package this week where we break me and Carl break down the top ten of Raw. I've already getting some pushback for some personal friends, so I'll be curious to see what some of you you guys think. Um, yeah, and and if you if you listen to the episode, you'll see that the disdain for Raw reached our rankings because like Carl was trashing the the show. I mean. Brother
2: Carl went on a really long rant, and you know that is why we here at the Outsiders Edge are sponsoring the Total Package series. Uh, that's the only reason.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, there'll be there'll be more sub shows and special shows that we sponsor, and we come up with you know uh, every now and then. You know, it, coming in coming late twenty twenty one, Kyle's Finest Guys in WWE. I mean, you know, I could sit here and talk about
2: Roderick Strong and Fandango all day. You know that. Uh, <laughs>
3: well, let's give you a show and let you do it.
2: Anyway, um, no, but in all seriousness, though, y'all, you can find Brother Carl and his hilarious takes on Twitter at OutsiderCurvin. That's K-E-R-V-I-N. You can find me on Twitter at Doctor S'mores. And you can find our good brother rants on Twitter at
3: I don't hate A-W they just be pissing me off.com dot com slash it's Ray Cash and Mysterio C-A-S-H as in dollars.
2: And as always y'all you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge C-S. We are part of the Chair Shop Media group at Chair Media where you
3: always get the right camera angle damn it and use your head.
2: And remember y'all we here at the Outsider's Edge podcast are just some increasingly older gentlemen doing everything we can trying to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to say some things that make you feel real salty, like y'all elite stands are insufferable with your thin-skinned nonsense. And Please, other not. times we're going to say things that like, are hard pills that need to be swallowed, such as AEW has a lot of talented people and a lot of shitty production values. Thanks. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams, and you got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, just like the elite don't give a fuck about your feelings,
3: we just don't give a fuck. Especially today. Fuck them and fuck y'all.